Hello, everybody. My name is Paul Jeffries, and yes, this is my podcast. Thank you for joining me. In this introductory episode, we're going to take a look at podcasts and why they're so popular. Podcasting is a relatively new medium compared to radio, but its popularity has exploded in the past few years. The fact that you're actually listening to this podcast is a testament to that. Nowadays, there's a podcast available, or rather, many podcasts available, to satisfy just about every taste and interest out there. The history of the podcast can be traced as far back as the early 1990s. In 1993, Carl Malamud launched what he called Internet Talk Radio, which was billed as the first computer radio talk show, each week interviewing a computer expert. It was distributed as individual audio files that users could fetch one by one. Listeners could pause and restart these audio files at will, and they could also skip over any content that they didn't want to listen to. Now let's flash forward about seven years to the year 2000. This was the year that MyAudio2Go.com was introduced by an early MP3 player manufacturer, i2Go. MyAudio2Go.com was a service that provided news, weather, sports, as well as music and other entertainment in an audio format that could be listened to on a personal computer, as well as the Ego portable audio player and other MP3 players. Unfortunately, the service lasted only about a year when the company ran out of capital and folded during the dot-com crash. Now let's flash forward again to the year 2004. This was the year that many people would recognize as the actual beginning of the podcast, the medium that we all know and love today. Mark Curry, a former MTV VJ, and Dave Weiner, a software developer, got together and invented iPodder, a program that could extract audio files and transfer them onto an iPod. That same year, Ben Hammersley, a media columnist with The Guardian, took note of this new technology and suggested a few different names for it. Among them, audio blogging, guerrilla media, and podcasting. As history has shown us, it was the last name that stuck, and most people would point to 2004 as being the year that the podcast was born. Let's take a look at some of the other important dates in podcast history. June of 2005, Apple releases iTunes 4.9, which features podcast support. July of 2005, George W. Bush is the first American president to have his weekly address to the nation delivered in podcast format. December of 2005, the new Oxford American Dictionary declares podcasts to be the word of the year. February 2006, comedian Ricky Gervais sets a Guinness World Record for the most downloaded podcast at 261,670 downloads per episode. June of 2013, Apple announces that they have reached the 1 billion mark for users on their podcast platform. October of 2014, Serial, a true crime podcast, is launched by the creators of This American Life podcast and becomes an instant success, and it's credited with starting the true crime podcast genre. Serial would also be the first podcast to win a Peabody Award in April of 2015. February of 2019, Spotify acquires Gimlet Media and Anchor FM in a $340 million deal, making them a major player in the podcast arena. In October of 2021, Spotify would surpass Apple as the top podcasting platform. So, as you can see, podcasting started off as something of a novelty experiment and eventually snowballed into the mass media it is now today. So, what is it exactly that makes podcasts so endearing? Well, as mentioned earlier, part of their appeal is that there are podcasts out there that cover just about any subject you're interested in. 
Are you a dog or cat lover? There's plenty of podcasts about raising pets out there. Interested in finances or investments? There's plenty of podcasts out there that'll talk about how to get the most out of your money. Interested in hearing the latest assessment of current events? Or maybe just finding out stuff about your favorite pop singer or celebrity? There's podcasts for that too. Quite simply put, there's a plethora of podcasts out there to satisfy just about every hobby and interest, as well as your craving for information. And this is where radio has dropped the ball. Radio has become streamlined over the past few decades, with big companies buying out smaller stations, making for concentrated ownership. Now, one would think that would be a good thing. A large company buying out a smaller station would be more resources at their disposal and make for a better on-air product, right? Well, that's not how it turned out in most cases. What's happened instead is that radio has become homogenized, meaning that stations that are owned by big chains usually end up sounding the same from city to city, as the main goal of many of these conglomerates is saving money. Of course, radio has always been a bottom-line business, and of course, for any business to survive, it needs to make money. But at one point in time, many years ago, the mentality was to put out a good quality product first, and then the money would follow. Nowadays, the mindset is to save as much money as possible and put out a passable product, and hope no one notices the lack of quality. Many of these big companies use the same on-air personalities across the chain, such as airing the same talk show over various stations, or having music DJs voice tracking for multiple stations. That's where announcers pre-record their announcements for insertion between songs at a later time. The end result is that a station from, say, New York will sound quite similar to a station in Pittsburgh or some other city owned by the same chain. This means that a station's individual character is lost and the unique appeal that draws in listeners is no longer there, causing listeners to tune out. In actual fact, a lot of these big radio companies are doing themselves a disservice and shooting themselves in the foot in their never-ending quest to save money. There are still some radio stations that are owned by smaller companies or mom-and-pop organizations, as they're sometimes referred to, and a lot of these stations have their own individual character. But these stations are becoming fewer and far between, as a lot of these smaller companies don't have the resources to compete with the bigger ones, which results in them getting bought out by the bigger companies or just shutting down altogether. And that is where radio has dropped the ball, and where podcasting has picked up the ball. Many podcasts are put out by individual creators who have a passion for what they're doing and want to share that passion with their listeners. And because many of these creators aren't ruled by a big corporation, they have the power to pursue their interest in a greater depth than would be found on a conventional radio station. Which means that, as a listener, you also benefit from it and develop a bond that may not be found with a conventional radio host. This gives the podcast a feeling of community, a place where people with similar interests and hobbies can congregate and share in their love of that topic. Think of it as comfort food for your ears. I'm Paul Jeffries, and this is my community, and yes, this is my podcast. In the coming weeks, I'll be talking more about some of my hobbies and interests, like music, particularly classic hits and classic rock music, as well as entertainment, technology, and uh, interesting and offbeat news items that catch my eye. And I'll be uh, giving my own personal take on those. I know we're going to have lots of fun with this. Feel free to drop me an email sometime at pjpodcaster at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, have a great day. I'll be talking to you again real soon.